Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 36. I would go into a crowd, I would feel very anxious, partly worried about getting sick again. Mm -hmm. And then partly I found out that parts of my brain um, were affected by COVID and affected the part of my brain that helps me recognize people. Oh, and that could be terrifying. Welcome to Locala Podcast, everybody. I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. And we are doing the callbacks issue for our June issue, which means this whole month is full of wonderful podcasts of people who have been in the magazine. And today we have Lisa Midget on the couch. And I'm super excited because when we did her podcast, well, her story, her article, it was in January 2022. And so obviously before we started the podcast and so now we get to actually sit down and talk with her a little bit and um, get to know what she's been up to. You're also going to be seeing me do a couple of editing things. We're multitasking today. So <laughs> if you're wondering what screen I'm tapping, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but don't forget to go ahead and hit that subscribe button and smash that like button as well. And let's head on over to Lisa. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad to have you back in Me here. Me too. I always, I'm always so happy to see you. Yeah. So you have had quite the year plus <laughs> since we have sat down and chatted last, at least in this capacity. So why don't you go ahead and let people know kind of the bigger picture of what's been going on for you? Well, right after that January 2022 issue came out, mm -hmm. um, I got covid um, it looks like about February 6th of 2022. I never tested positive. And so at around that time of year, I generally get bronchitis or sinus infection. And so we thought it was that and treated it like we normally would. Finally, I just couldn't get well. It was the end yeah. of February by this point. And we pulled my antibodies and bam, it showed I had COVID. Yeah. I just wasn't getting well. Doctors put me on bed rest, you know, tried to treat me, several rounds of Pred antibiotics, all that. And um, just didn't get well. But I had multiple businesses to run and nonprofits um, to chair and to build. And I had work to do. So um, they – and I need to say while I was on bed rest, um, I took it literally. Like I physically rested my body. Yeah. But I had my laptop mm. at all times. So if you have yeah. COVID, please rest your brain. Yeah. They think that perhaps my working – affected me, my brain negatively. Oh, so, really? So, yeah, yeah, I took it literally. I took bed rest. Like, sure, I'm, I'm resting physically, but I didn't rest the brain. Yeah. So here we are into April. Um, when I look back at pictures during that time, April, May, June, I now know I was really pushing through. I yeah. wasn't honest enough with the people around me and, most importantly, with myself, how sick I was. Mm-hmm. So we had some kind of, I made it through June, kind of faked my way through it, like, ah, I got this. And then in July, I no longer had it. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I, I, I thought something was up. And so I had um, requested an appointment from the University of Florida. They'd started a post-COVID program. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to see Dr. Irina's stories up there. And what I really liked about University of Florida's approach is they take a holistic approach. I expected typical doctor. And wow, she is both Eastern and Western trained. She recommends alternative medicines like acupuncture and things. She didn't shove, a, I expected just to be handed a, a bunch of prescriptions yeah. and gone away. And that's not, that's not the way they're treating post-COVID. Oh, fantastic. Um, 
especially in Europe and things like that. Yeah. And so through meeting her, um, she referred me out um, to University of Florida Neuropsychiatry. Right? I know these big names, big words. I'm learning all kinds of interesting things. And the reason she wanted me to go there was because she sends all of her patients to neuropsych. And there, I think through six sessions, they kind of explained to me what COVID has done to my body neurologically. Okay. I'm no scientist. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm artsy. (laughs) Science is like... So they take a they take a holistic repro- approach, and part of that is neuropsych. And I worked with an amazing therapist there. And while I'm no scientist, I do know she explained it to me in a way that I can relate. So a lot of folks know I drive this orange sports car around town. And she saw me pull up in it one day in park, and she said, "Okay, imagine you're in that car of yours, and your your right foot is all the way down on the gas, mm-hmm. and you're yet." And your left foot is desperately trying to break and stop you. Mm. And that's what COVID does to your neurological system. It sets everything on fire and everything is amped. So the strangest things can upset me. Um, mm. Losing my pen, being mm. five minutes late here yeah. um, will just, like, I can feel it now even talking about it. There's a neurological response. My whole body lights up on fire. Mm. Um, and so... UF psych helped me, neuropsych helped me realize I wasn't crazy, that these really were, these things really were happening to me. Um, And they helped me a whole lot with understanding my changes in my emotions, um, changes in my temperament, changes in my, the way I felt about things. Um, And that, that was really great. The next thing she wanted me to do was find hyperbaric. Okay. Hyperbaric is not FDA approved for post-COVID. Not much is. Uh, a post-COVID syndrome or slash long haul mm-hmm. COVID. So I, I'm like, okay, I set out to find hyperbaric. I can't go to the hospital again. Not approved. So, okay. Mm-hmm. She didn't want me. I, so I kept sending her all these links to these beautiful spas that have these hyperbaric. And Finally, she was like, Lisa, no, I need you with a doctor. You're, you could die. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you could die. She's like, go to, I need you to be with a doctor. And through a friend of a friend, we found out about Aviv Clinic in the villages. Okay. They're an Israeli-based company. They've been in Tel Aviv, I think, 30 years or so. Mm-hmm. And they have a clinic here in the villages. And... Europe in general, the rest of the world, really started working on post-COVID, some as early as 2020, mm-hmm. December of 2020, certainly into 2021. We were a little later here in the United States, it seems. So before I found Aviv, I thought I was headed to maybe uh, the UK. Oh, you know, wow. There's a lot of treatment programs over there in the Netherlands. I think there's some. So yeah. I was looking. I thought I would have to leave. Fortunately, I found Aviv. And, um, you know, on a good day, it's 45 minutes for me, a commute. On a bad day, it's an hour and a half. Mm. But regardless, it's worth it. You know, they're yeah. really helping me. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. So you've done a lot of treatments since then. When did you actually start your treatment? I started with University of Florida in August. Mm. And then... Um, we got me through that with neuropsych, and then it was finding the right place, and then it was finding Aviv. And then Aviv doesn't just accept everyone. 
Okay. You know, um, they really do a lot of screening. Mm -hmm. They want to make sure that not only are they right for you, but you're right for them. Yeah. Um, And they also take a holistic approach. So I would say if you are suffering from post-COVID syndrome or long haul, please find a doctor who takes a holistic approach to your health, head to toe. It's not just your lungs usually or just your heart or just your hair loss or just your brain fog. There's a whole bunch of it going on. Yeah. So I spoke with Aviv, and they asked me all of my symptoms, and we can talk about that. Um, And they said, yeah, we think we can help you. Mm -hmm. And what I have to say about all of the doctors I've been working with, whether University of Florida or Aviv, if you have a doctor who's promising you they're going to make you 100% well, yeah. Yeah. Um, What I have loved and appreciated about these docs – um, that I've worked with at both locations is they have never promised me a miracle and yet I'm better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have said, and I have it written down. I, I did a really, a terrible art piece cause I'm no artist, but <laughs> just getting the words out. And I guess it kept resonating with me. You may never be the same again. Yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely right. There's, that honesty is definitely needed because you don't need the false hope and the right. false idea that you're going to be okay and be yourself, yes. you know. Um, how has this affected your personal life? Because you were very busy and active in the community. As you said, you have multiple businesses and charities and all kinds of things that you have going on. So how has that really affected how you've been able to manage your day-to-day? Extremely Yeah, <laughs> that's my whole, I mean, that is such an important question. <clears throat> if I had, if I were not self-employed, I would have to quit my job. Yeah. Um, fortunately for me, I have incredible people who work mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And fortunately for me, the lead time up to getting treatment was far enough in advance that I was able to say, hey, guess what? We have this joke and... <clears throat> In our family, you know, with David and I, it's like we tell sometimes our, our companies, all right, what if we got hit by a bus? Mm-hmm. What would you do? Yeah. Well, I basically got hit by a bus. Yeah. And so how it's affected me in my business, I would say, is it has made the cream rise to the top. I knew my Noma team had it. And sure enough, Mel Fiorentino, our gallery director, and Geraldo Rodriguez, our gallery manager, are killing it. Yeah. Um, so... They're running the gallery for me. And then Arts and Health, I have Patricia Tomlinson and Angie Grabby um, working for me who are amazing, amazing people. Yeah. I have a great board of directors. MCA, um, it just happened to be that um, my chairmanship was ending. Okay. So I was like, Phew. and yet I was still still very active during yeah. my illness. Um, I talked to Jay, Jay Bailey weekly, if not daily, you know, yeah. and so... While I was while all this is going on, I'm still pretty aware of what's happening in my businesses, even though and charities, even though I'm not actively there. Yeah, um, we have a communication system that we use Trello, um, and so I get lost with email. Don't email me, you guys. I won't remember. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I I say that. Uh, and then socially, I, I do say that uh, when I'm well, I will be left with no friends, colleagues, or family mm. because my brain. Yeah. And yeah. so speaking socially, so business-wise, my businesses are strong. They're doing great. Yeah. And my non- nonprofits doing great. Socially, um, 
Aviv gave me some answers to some things I felt but didn't understand. So I avoid large crowds. And I do that, and I don't even have post-COVID. Right? Yeah. <laughs> For me, yeah, introvertitis, yeah. right? Um, I've started to avoid large crowds, and I didn't know why that I was, or when I would, I would go into a crowd, I would feel very anxious, partly worried about getting sick again. Mm-hmm. And then partly I found out that parts of my brain um, were affected by COVID mm. and affected the part of my brain that helps me recognize people. Oh, and that could be terrifying. Yeah, that's hard. That's difficult. <laughs> Especially folks I've met since I had COVID. Okay. That's a lot of folks. Yes. I've got a really, you know, nice group of people of, you know, I've met at the gallery and things like that. And so, and also to be someone who is a fundraiser, mm-hmm. you know, who has asked folks for checks. I'm terrified. What if that really nice person comes up to me and I don't remember who they are? Yeah. So that's that's like this sort of unknown anxiety I didn't realize was bothering me. And then when I talked it out, I was like, wow. And so what we're doing in there, um, they're having me do a training that will help me with that. And oh, so if you nice. want, we can talk about what this hyperbaric experience is like because it's yeah. not like what most people I think expect it to be. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Feel free. All tell right. Us, tell us what it's like. Yeah, so what they've discovered with their research, and Aviv is not just a post-COVID mm-hmm. syndrome clinic. They started out with uh, traumatic brain injury, TBIs. Okay. So we have a lot of people there with um, concussions, strokes, things like that, and then a lot of post-COVID. It is interesting to see the, the clinic filling up more since I started in December. Yeah. So back back to Aviv, we were talking a little about that. They do three days of testing. Okay. And so that's why I was saying a holistic approach to medicine, to, to your treatment, is better. They know me from head to toe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, I guess we can talk a little bit about some of my symptoms before I talk about the, what the hyperbaric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go ahead and do that. Because that'll all tie in. Yeah. So through the testing, they're able I – have, I have images of my brain – like 30, 30 of them, where, I mean, the testing that they do is so intense. They can see where COVID went up my nose and affected my frontal lobe. Wow. They can see areas in the brain that are dead. Oh, oh my goodness. Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying yet, for sure. Yeah, while you're seeing this image, you're also with a trusted team of caretakers and, and medical professionals who yeah. are telling you, pretty sure we can get you, you know, improved in this area. Yeah. Um, so they do the brain scans. They do an entire physio workup. Um, all of that bed rest while typing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got myself a little scoliosis now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a type of ADD from having COVID I, I never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart is affected. My lungs are affected. My skin is affected. My neural, whole neurological system is affected. My brain is affected. Um, so far, my toenails seem to be fine. Hey, there's only something to be positive, right? So far. Um, Yeah, so far my toenails are okay. Um, But yeah, it's just the strangest thing. And so when you get there, I really thought I would be laying on a chaise with my book or my iPad, Mm -hmm. breathing air in some kind of tented environment (laughs) for two hours, and then I would just drive myself home. Yeah. No. No. I saw, I saw a meme, and it was perfect. It was like, what I thought self-care and getting well was, and it's exactly what I described, what it really is. And it's a little girl screaming her head off on the teacup right at Disney. You know, she's like, ah! And that's really what getting well is. It's like, ah! Yeah. It's hard work, but it's worth it. Yeah. And so um, so 
a holistic approach. So they're working on my posture. They're mm-hmm. working to get rid of the scoliosis. They're working on what figuring out my skin issues. They're they're so caring and kind. And even our psychiatrist, even though we all hate him and he knows it, his name's Roger. <laughs> we love him. But he's the one who decides, he and his team decide what tools, what kind of brain training you need mm-hmm. to get those new neural pathways back okay. so that you remember things and you can yeah. do that skill again. Yeah. So we go in and we get down to one atmosphere. So we all pretend we're going somewhere. And we go in and you're sitting in a reclining chair. It feels very much like an airplane. And there can be up to 14 people riding okay. along with you. That was that was the question I was going to ask. It sounded like it was a group of people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a group of folks. Um, and my wonderful client ambassador down there, Natalie, she told me, she's like, you're going to make friends here. And I was like, no, I don't need any friends. I got friends. Because, <laughs> again, thought I was going to be with iPad. Uh-huh. uh-huh no. So, yeah, you do make friends. and But you're in a recliner, and you get down to one atmosphere, and then whop, you slap your mask on. And that first 20 minutes, you know, they're, they're pumping 100% oxygen, da-da-da-da-da-da. And what that does is try to convince your brain you're in, um, you're giving oxygen poisoning. Really? Uh Okay, so you get that, and then you take that off, and you kind of, you just breathe fresh air for about five minutes. Now, your brain starts sending um, repair, you know, repairmen up, right? Your body starts sending repairmen because it's like, oh, my gosh, we just got flooded with oxygen. We're in trouble here. And guess what? Stem cells are growing. Things are happening. New neural pathways are being created, right? Okay. Then you focus on your brain training. And they gave me, I see a face. And then I have to pick the face out in the next screen. Okay. And so they're very specific. So while there are 14 of us, we're all playing different things. Playing. Yeah. Playing. Loosely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For graduation, I'm giving Roger a deck of cards. I'm going to be like, Roger, this is a game. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you, what you do with the game. What you have us do is yeah. torture. But he knows it. But he also, <laughs> we all know that they care and we have to do this. Um so that our brains are better. And mm-hmm. Lisa, I'm better. You you you've talked to me throughout yes. this whole year. Yeah. You know how lo- you you and Chad took me to lunch and yeah. you knew how lost I was. Yeah, absolutely. Know? But admitting it to myself. That's everyone hard. around me knew I was sick. Yeah. But finally saying, all right, this has got to stop and I've got to take time to get well. Yeah. So socially, I think I've been out since January 3rd. I went to the symphony twice. I went to MCA once, but not for an event. I just went to MCA. I've yeah. been to the gallery twice. I think I made it to Ivy House twice. That's about it. That's about it, yeah. Yeah. I go from my house to the clinic, the clinic to my house. Um, I'm there. It's kind of like a job. I'm there. I leave my house around 10. I get home around 4. Yeah. But the whole time I'm there, it's like I don't want to go. And they know it. Like, I joke with them down there. I'm like, every yeah. day, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But then I get there. And I'm not only surrounded by an incredible staff, people who really care about their work. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by other people like me. Yeah. And for once, instead of being embarrassed at my behavior, why I'm embarrassed about being sick, I don't know. I have other folks around me who are just as lost as me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, I, I, I understand um, two point uh, about being embarrassed about being sick, you know, and I, I've seen that in um, friends and family that have had cancer. Um, I've seen that in myself. Um, I've been dealing with a health issue for the last few months and I haven't said much about it, 
But, um, you know, it caused me to miss a deadline here at Locale, and it was the first deadline I've missed in three years, and it was embarrassing to have to admit mm-hmm. that. So I can understand where you're coming from and trying, because I think people perceive it as a weakness sometimes, or that's what we think they're going to perceive it as. Right, and that's right. Yeah. Is it us or is it them? Yeah. And I think a, a lot of people at Aviv um, were sort of, since it's an alternative medical treatment, Mm-hmm. Right now, for post COVID, it'll probably get approved because it's it is working. Yeah, um, that is something that we all talk about as a group. And and before coming to talk to you today, I, I talked with several of my friends down there, and I'm like, you know, what's one thing you always feel? They're like embarrassed, yeah, guilty. Yes, we feel guilty for being sick. Yeah, and especially when I have friends and family. You know, like you were saying, who have these internal diseases mm-hmm. where on the outside they look fine. Yeah. And it's things like me trying to explain why I can't do the thing mm-hmm. that the person wants me to do that's to my detriment. Yeah. And they say, I say, but I'm so sick. And they say, but you look good. Well, I was a makeup artist for two years. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I can look yeah, good. Yeah, I can take a shower and put some makeup on. You know, and I can fine. do that. Yeah. But it, how I'm feeling, it doesn't always present. Yeah, you know, and that so that's something I think I want to work on um, is maybe awareness of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people feel guilty. A lot of people feel a lack of empathy from their loved ones. Yeah, because we look good, mm-hmm. and we don't have cancer. Right? Yes, yes. Um, they want us to keep doing the things. You know, and so yeah. a lot of my friends down there, um, they're still trying to go out. You know, they're still trying to do th- do the things. Whereas I just decided, wow, if I'm going to take three months of my life off from work, off from my friendships, um, yeah. to do this treatment, I'm I'm staying home. Yeah, so I rest. Yeah, that's good. I think that's really smart. And I think you know, I think with any chronic illness, especially internal, um, you know. Uh, anybody that has um, chronic pain or anything that can't be seen, mm-hmm. that is difficult mm-hmm. because people are like, well, you look fine. Yep. You know, you're totally fine. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily right. The they case. don't know that my my uh, pulse hovers at 38, oh. 42. You know, oh. and I think someone at Aviv looked at me one day. They're, I'm telling you, they're so wonderful and they're all so smart. Gosh. <laughs> Wow. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> right? Yeah, you do want them to be smart. And I think um, I think it was my physiologist, um, John. He just looked at me and he – because they, they want to know what your life was like. What was your life like before COVID? Well, my life was riding horses. I mean, yeah, sure, working, doing all the things. But I rode horses. I did Pilates three days a week. I did yoga. I, I did strength training. I took walks. I mm-hmm. – yeah. You know, I, I worked 14 jobs, you know, yeah. and – so someone looked at me at one point, finally, they said, so you were a really healthy 51-year-old person who got COVID, and now you have P- PVCs in your heart. I have scarring my lungs. I mean, you hear me? I'm very raspy. I'm, yeah. You know, I look different to myself. My hair is mm-hmm. short. I'm pale. I, you know, and so it's all these things. But yeah, I was a healthy 51-year-old woman who really didn't have too bad of a case of covid like I didn't end up in the hospital. I didn't end up on a ventilator or respirator, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you wound up, didn't you wind up with a couple of uh, things of bronchitis Mm -hmm. leading up to it or was that afterwards? (sighs) I think we thought, I think we thought it was bronchitis, but I I don't remember. 
Yeah. Yeah. Short term. Yeah. That short term memory. Yeah. So it does seem. Oh, so so some interesting things. Yeah. Kind of cool things yeah. with the with the uh, so the oxygen, the hyperbaric. Guess who's fluent in Spanish again? You are. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting creating the new neural pathways. Um, so think about this air. You know, Aviv is going to be like, oh, Lisa, please don't try science, Lisa. But <laughs> but you think about these new neural pathways that are being created in your brain. They warned us that sometimes I have PTSD from something that happened, and um, they warned us that sometimes when the when the air is coming in, it it runs into a dead spot. It's like, oh. Well, let me go around that. Sometimes where it goes around may trigger a memory or a dream. Mm. And I've had some of that happen. I've had some nightmares and things. But one day there was a, a woman there and she was from Chile. And one day I just realized I was speaking to her in fluent Spanish, joking and making her and her family laugh. No kidding. I was able to explain why she was hungry. Hyperbaric, it does weird things to your body. So some days you're starving and some days you, like, I don't eat, yeah. you know. And um, so that's interesting to me. Yeah. You know, that that came back. That's amazing. How long has it been since you uh, felt like you could speak fluent? I was really fluent when I was like 18 living in Miami, you know, 16 to 20. And then I lost it a little bit. And then being in the Pasofino world, it came back. Mm -hmm. But now it's back with a fluency that's more like how I was as a teenager. Okay. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre. That's amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. So it's it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, so as I'm hearing it now, I also have tinnitus from COVID. Oh, Yeah. It just kicked in. Oh, fine. Hey, hello. (laughs) Yeah. But the fact that I know it kicked in means I'm getting better because I notice it now. And then one common thing I think that I see a lot at the clinic is people who are there that are my age, Mm -hmm. a lot like me. Yeah. Burning that candle at both ends and possibly in the middle if it has a wick. Right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of type A's, a lot of uh, CEOs, yeah. a lot of Fortune 500 CEOs, a lot of athletes, professional athletes. And so you can imagine a room full of those folks trying to get through a 12-week treatment program yeah. while worrying about their businesses. And most, most of the folks who are my age who are going through this program are like me. They realize that what they're doing to themselves with their businesses is killing them. Mm-hmm. And so one thought that keeps returning to me is a simple, quiet life. Yeah. Simple, quiet life. Yeah. I had a simple, quiet life before. And I was still able to do really amazing things in the community, for the community. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot for that simple, quiet life by empowering the amazing people I have on my teams. Absolutely. You know, I'll st- we're still doing the hotel. Like, I still got it here to yeah. do that beautiful hotel. Um, I didn't lose the neural pathway to my design <laughs> ability. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh. And and um, I want to be cautious of time, but um, Arts and Health is a new nonprofit initiative of the DLM Foundation. Yeah. Guess who's seeing it work? Yeah. A friend of mine, um, I won't mention names, but a, a friend of mine in the dive. Oh, we call them dives. Okay. Because we're going down one atmosphere. Okay. 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 And most of the technicians and, and the people who run the hyperbaric are all scuba cert. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and there are also a lot of them EMTs, which I like. A lot yeah. of Ocala firefighters. Thank you, Ocala firefighters, for helping yes. us with these. A lot of them are down there. <laughs> so we've made a, a lot of friends in, in the dive. Yeah. And we call it because it is like a bit of a submarine going down one atmosphere. Um, a friend of mine wanted to dance. Most of us are not used to sitting still for two hours. 
right? uh, yeah, in a chair. Yeah. And so those five minute air breaks are really important. We get up and we move. <laughs> and um, and she wanted uh, music over the whole system, and couldn't do that. And so we just created silent disco. Oh. So they give us headphones for the iPad for the brain games. Yeah. Roger. Um, and so what we did was I created a Spotify playlist. Oh. And I just asked everybody their songs, and we I shared it with everyone, and they added. And so during our five minutes, many of us are sitting or standing dancing with our headphones on to the same song. <laughs> nice. And those of us who can't stand, perhaps we had a stroke or some other something. I just I run around like a maniac and like the first one minute of that rest, putting people's headphones on if they can't, you know, putting the yeah. music on, getting it ready. And it's so interesting to see, especially the lady from Chile was there. I believe she had dementia. Um, we don't always ask, you know. Yeah. But she was very quiet. And then I would I found some Chilean music and I put it on the iPad, like classic Chilean, and I put the headphones on her. And to see her come alive, Lisa, and start dancing. Oh. You know, she's trying to teach me moves. And we have on headphones and we have silly things on our feet you know, to, <laughs> for, to keep keep clean. But it's amazing. And then they tell me, they're like, I feel euphoric. You know, I feel yeah. like I'm doing better on my brain game. Um, and so while I have been absent in some ways from my nonprofits, from my teams, I'm seeing their good work yeah. working with me. Oh, that's fantastic. You know? Lisa. And so it's it's really it's really fun. Yeah. But again, I mean I just um, the the amazing initiatives that I've started will continue. Yeah. I will be heading them all, but I won't be hands on every day because yeah. I don't need to. No, if you've built a good team, Gosh, there's no need to. They're yeah. way better than me. Yeah. <laughs> better. Well, isn't that the goal to always hire somebody smarter than you? I always say hire to your weakness. Yep. You know, hire to your weakness. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just, and I think part of it was they needed me to get out of the way. Yeah. You know, they really needed me to get out of the way and make the decisions. They're killing it. Yeah. Oh, so, that's fantastic. Yeah, so. Well, can you believe we are at the end of I our can time? I always believe it because you and I can talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> and just go and go. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to speak There's on? One thing. Mm -hmm. If you are interested in post-COVID syndrome or long haul, there's one writer that the doctors are trusting, at least Dr. Astor is. She really trusts the writer Ed Young, Y-O-N-G, who writes for The Atlantic. When I read what he has to say, he's getting it right. Yeah. He's getting it right. Okay. Um, yeah, I would just refer to that. Um, AvivClinics.com, there's a ton of stuff on their website. Amazing, amazing information. And then um, the University of Florida, Dr. Astoris. Mm -hmm. If you have post-COVID or long haul and you're not getting treated, please do because you don't want to wait till it's too late. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some folks that it's it was too late for. People mm -hmm. are dying. Yeah. Because of post-COVID. So don't wait. Yeah. Get help. Get help. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining thank us you. here. And we'll have to have you back to check in on how you're doing after Thanks. all the treatments are done and, yeah. and doing all that kind of stuff. So, I look forward to it. Yeah. And seeing if you have really followed through on that quiet, peaceful life. <laughs> I need you and my friends 
to keep me in check. Yes. And they, you know who you are, people. Keep me in check. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Thanks, Lisa. Lisa. I appreciate it. And we'll make sure to have all of the links. Um, we'll grab some links from Lisa as well for some of her favorite writers and articles and stuff to kind of help you with the post-COVID guide. If you want to learn more about us, you can visit us at www.localameg.com. And we will have, again, those links as well as well as to Lisa's original article so you can see what she was up to in January 2022 as opposed to what she's doing now. So thank you for joining us here on the Locala podcast where we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.